Yeah. That'll put a smile on your face. Nothing will. Amen. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Job. Book of Job. You know, we were talking in Sunday school this morning. One of the things we talked about was complacency. You know, and it's easy to fall and be complacent, especially in today's society and the things that we do and the lives that we live. And I want you to look this morning as we look, uh, I'm going to tell you a little history behind my sermon. I was looking at, at, at trying to find the right verse for something the Lord laid on my heart. And I went through many different things. And I've preached a, a sermon on these same verses with the same exact title, actually. I found that when I went to save it on my on my on my things, and the title of my sermon this morning is "Consider." And in Job chapter one, in verse six and eight, it says through six through eight it says, "Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou?" And, and then Satan answered the Lord and said, "From going from to and fro in the earth." earth and from walking up and down in it and then the lord said unto satan hast thou considered as none like him in the earth perfect and an upright man one that feareth god and escheweth evil and i want you to think about that so here here here's this, the picture is i want you but this uh, imagine the day as the father is meeting with all of his holy angels and everyone that's in heaven and they come to before the lord and, and worship come before him and, and and satan walks in satan that old accuser of the brethren walks in and, and could you imagine the conversation they have today that job was a very upright man i mean he he was if you could pattern your life anyone better in your life after and, but can you imagine though the conversation the father you and about me it would probably not be God saying hey 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 Satan have you ever considered Steve he'd probably not be going in that direction he'd probably say well I hope we don't bring him up but imagine they they consider and they're they're talking about considering it, it it's think about their life think about how they live things I thought about that and I said you know because one of the things that has been on my mind is, is being coming complacent kind of stuck in your ways and, and you know we 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 have drifted I heard this this morning it was a good way to describe it we drifted away from the truth we've drifted away from God and you know it really got real bad when the the coronavirus came out you know we, we were we were already starting down a path and and with the churches and and all churches were kind of going through the same things it was getting harder to find people and and, and the, the the crowds weren't what they used to be and things like that but then here come the coronavirus and we were doing pretty good before the virus. And when it came, I'll, I'll remember the, the Sunday before it, we, we shut down the nation, we were all talking about it. We said, well, we'll go as long as we can. And then all of a sudden they came out with this rule, hey, you can't meet. And everybody went home. Well, almost everybody. There was still a handful of us here. And, and we, we came and actually the cameras that are sitting over here on the side, we sat it right here. It's because, well, there was nobody else out there to see. There was only like three or four people. And, and you know, uh, 
blessed I preached to them pretty heavily. But I'll, I'll, I'll remember the time because it, it was like that that became just something everybody focused on. We, we quit looking at God's word. We quit hearing about the church. We all focused on the virus and the spread of it and what they were saying about it. I mean, there were, there were, there were websites that you could, you could go on and it hourly updated the number of cases that were there were there and people were becoming scared and we started focusing on that and people just drifted away from God they got away from it and, and here's what happens sometimes as, as Christians wherever our mind goes our heart soon follows you ever thought about that Wherever your mind goes your heart soon to follow that's why Paul said to the church of Ephesus when he told them to put on the whole armor of God, he starts out with the helmet of salvation. And he's trying to remind us we need to put that on because our mind needs to stay focused on the Lord. We get distracted easily. It's amazing how distracted we can be. It's distracted by the shinies, distracted by everything around on and we stop focusing on God we stop saying that God's first in our life so oh not me preacher before you start saying that think about this how serious are you today about the Lord in your life if if, if Satan came up to the father and they're in heaven what would they say when they said consider put your name there how would that, that conversation go? How would you act? What, you know, when if they said, hey, before we start this, let's go get them. Let's let them have a front row seat to this conversation. And the father says, wait, I'm going to let them tell you about their life. I'm going to let them tell you about how they serve, how they do things. You know, we ought, to, we ought to serve our Lord because of who he is. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, tells us, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in the lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. So the, Paul told the church, and it's something we need to remember, we don't need to be building ourselves up. We need to be building somebody else up. How do you do in that service to other people? You know, what, what's behind it? You know, uh, do you serve God because he's God? I thought about that. I said, you know, sometimes I think we forget what we're doing and why we're doing what we do. Focused on other things. I, I want you to listen to this 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 set of verses that he and, and, and he told tells them in, in chapter two as he talks to the church at Philippi. He says, he says this. He says, wherefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow of things in heavens and things in the earth and things under the earth. 
that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I said, you know, the thing that we need to think about and consider in our life is how important is the name of Jesus to us? How important is Jesus' name? If all Jesus' name is to you and most of your vocabulary, most of your conversation, an adjective to describe something, then he's not your Lord and Savior. Have you ever thought about that? How you portray the name of Jesus in your life. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every tongue should confess. What about that? When you think about Jesus, when you think about that name, do you readily say, I need to get on my knees and confess to him because he is my Savior, he is my God, he is my Lord, or is he just something that is a convenience for you? Have you drifted away from him far enough that he's no longer the first and foremost thing in your life, but just an add-on on the weekends? We become so complacent in our worship of Jesus Christ that it takes something wonderful to get us excited or something tragic to get us excited. As children of God, just mentioning his name ought to get us where we're ready to, 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 to praise him, to shout about him, to tell others about him. Instead of just, well, well, I'll wait till Sunday. I'll wait till we get started. You know, it says that every day, every knee should bow. When's the last time you bowed before your Savior? You know, it, it, it's your service Kind of like that, is it kind of like non-existence? Psalmist said in Psalms 50, says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You know, you know, corrupt are they that have done abominable iniquity, and there is none that doeth good. You say, well, I'm glad that I've not said that. But you know what? Our word don't mean nothing anymore. It's our actions. What does your actions say about Jesus Christ? Do you act more like there is no God or do you act like there is a God? Because he said the fool, now listen to what he said. The fool has said not out loud but in his heart. Did you get that? In his heart he has said it. When, when it's in your heart, that's how you act upon it. Yeah, think, think of it like this. You know, uh, Rick said the other day when he was here how much he liked nanner pudding. I'm going to go the opposite direction, how much I like fried chicken. All right? So when I like fried chicken, I'm going to get me some fried chicken. And it's very important. And it becomes something in my heart that I hold dear that I want. And I hit it one or the other, whether I have to do it when Julie's not around and, and, and she can't stop me or something like that. You know, when I when I get a taste for it, I'm going to get it. And, and, and then she'll, she'll get on to me like, last night we were eating lunch. Or yes, we was eating lunch. She said, you're not supposed to eat that. And I'm like, oh. Okay. See, I have to be reminded sometimes. But let me tell you something. We act on what's in our heart. I like fried chicken. I ain't supposed to eat it anymore. But I like it. And I'll get it. You say, well, it's because something is dear to me. How many of you act on what's in your mind and in your heart? Is it Jesus? 
How many of you ever just uh, just at home started praising the Lord? You know, you can do it at home. You can sing all you want. Neighbors ain't going to care. They just think you're killing a cat, but that's all right. Praise the Lord. But how many of us don't act like we do here on Sunday morning? You, know, you ought to see. I, I wish we one of these Sundays I'm going to get mirrors and I'm going to put them all the way across this right here and we're going to sing in the morning and I want you to watch your look on some of your faces how painful it is to sing praises to Jesus Christ. Think about that. If I see that, what's God see in your heart? This is your Lord and Savior. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. The fool, what's in his heart comes out in his actions. So if our service to that, could you imagine Satan says, well, you know, they come on Sundays or they watch on Sundays, but on come, come Sunday afternoon by 1130, they're no longer the same person that was sitting in the pew. They're back to being what I want them to be. Think about that. Do you serve with joy and gladness? Is your life one that shows? Psalms 100, one of the best psalms in the world, says this. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He did not say sing well, sing great. He said make a joyful noise. You know what a joyful noise is? It's something you smile about. You could go to a ball game yesterday and there was a billion people there smiling because their team was winning. Well, I'll go ahead and share this with you. Your team is winning. Make a joyful noise. Just do something excited every once in a while. Listen, listen to this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord. Now, now open your ears up with gladness. Did you hear that? With, with gladness. How many of you are just glad, hey, I, I, I got to come to church today. I might not be able to do much, but I got to come. I, I, I can go up and I can say, hey, good to see you. Do it with gladness. Go out tomorrow. And I know you'll go out tomorrow. See somebody and says, hey, come to church next Sunday. You sit by me, I'll smile at you. I'll, I'll be your friend. How I many, when's the last time you served with gladness so much you went out and told somebody about church? You went out and told somebody about Jesus. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, and some of us look really bad when we're doing it. We, we just don't, you know, are not happy to be here. We're not excited to be in the presence of God. We, we ought to realize that, hey, a smile does not hurt. It won't break your face. I found that out. I've been where I've sat in church for. I've thought about this. I, have, I, I wish I could go back and apologize to a couple of pastors I've sat by because, you know, as my mind drifts, I just imagine what they're looking at going, Really? What's he thinking? Because I don't know where my mind's at. But, you know, think about that. Serve the Lord with glad to smile because you are alive. You woke up this morning. You can do something for him today. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Make a joyful noise. Listen to what it says next. He says, come before his presence with singing. I heard something this morning that was awesome. Have you ever thought about this? When you're having a bad day, when things are going bad, and Satan's tempting you, and he's trying to lure you and make you have a rotten day, just start singing. You, Everybody knows at least one song. Don't make it do it like I do most time. Make up the words as you go. Sing Amazing Grace if you can't sing nothing else. Just sing out a song. Amen. Just sing one. It doesn't matter how bad you sing. And I guarantee you, every one of you sing better than I do. And I still sing. But come before his presence with singing. Just sing, say, hey, Lord. Yeah, let me tell you what. Satan don't like it when you start praising God. You got a bad good day going on? Just sing. Just pray. Turn on some music. Sing along with it. Hey, I've seen people sing in cars with the windows down saying, I wish you'd roll them up, but it don't matter because they like the song. Put on some good Christian music and just join in. And let me tell you, it'll make the day a whole lot better. It'll make that bad problem a whole lot less because you're finally focusing on the right thing, which is Jesus Christ and not on the problem. Come before his presence with singing. You know, try it. Just try it one day. And listen to this. Once you do that, verse 3 says this. Know ye that, that he is God. Singing to the Lord. Know who God is. He, he, who he is and what he does. It is he that has made us. We are not ourselves. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. God reminds you in the middle of this saying, hey, it ain't about you, it's about him. Every day you wake up, realize it's about him. And, and could you imagine this, and, and hearing that conversation, God says, hey, I, I know Steve, he, 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 he's a hot mess, he's got all kind of problems, but guess what, he's mine. He's mine, he tries. He might be wrong a lot of times, he might mess it up, but he tries, and I love him. He's my sheep. And I take care of him. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How many of you came here this morning and said, I'm just thankful I'm here? Hey, God didn't have to let you get up. He didn't have to give you the strength once you put your foot on the floor to walk, but he did. He allowed you to be here. You watch and you said, well, I couldn't get up. Well, let me ask you a question. God allowed you to turn it on to watch us this morning. You know, just, just realize, be, be thankful for what he does. You know, if we spend more time being thankful for what God's done, we'd spend a whole lot less time worrying about all the bad things in our life. He says, you know, come into his courts with praise. Be thankful. Bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth for all generations. Yeah, you know, I, I thought about something else and this week is and, and God ever just just after you done something stupid, just opened your eyes. You know, was that, is that, is that? Let, listen to something. How many of you've ever ignored somebody or worse judged them? You know, you know. L l listen, James tells us this, and he says. It, this he said, but if you have bitterness and envy and strife in your hearts and glory not and lie not against the truth, this wisdom descendeth not from above, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, fusion and evil work. 
You know, sometimes you do something stupid and God reminds you. He says, you, you, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. And you know where that come from? It come from Satan. And he puts that in your heart and you start, I mean, you, you, you get, you, you ever start judging somebody from what their actions were? And who are you to judge? You know what you should do when that comes up? Pray for that individual. Maybe if you spend more time praying for that individual, maybe you wouldn't do something stupid or say something stupid. I wish I could. I, I, you know what I wish we had? We, I wish we had, one, you know, uh, back to the future. I wish I had a car I could get in and go back and try to fix the things I've done wrong. Wouldn't have to go back far. But I wonder how much more I mess it up because I hadn't didn't pray about it to start with. You know, maybe maybe Satan looks up and says, "You know that old, that old Steve? He he opens his mouth before he ever says it. Does any praying about it? He he judges people and talks down to them before he ever thinks about it. And, you know, I said, you know, the reason why we do things like that because we become complacent in our walk with Jesus Christ. We have forgotten about the power of his name. We forgot about who we worship. He does wonderful things for us, but yet we focus on everything that is negative. We focus on everything that is bad. Because why? Because that's right there before us. It's hard to focus on God when all you see is what's right before you. When you see the tree and not the forest. We, we, we forget that God is still in control and that we need to be watching him so that when, when this conversation goes on, God can say, hey, they, they, they're, they're having a hard time, but they still got their eyes on me. They're still doing, as Paul said, pressing towards the mark, pressing towards the prize. They're, they're trying to finish the race. Because it's going on every day. It does not matter what's happening around you. It's time we need to consider that which is about us. We, we, we need to, to realize that everything we do touches one another. Paul told the church at Rome in chapter 12, verses 10 through 15, he said, he said be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, preferring one another. You know where you ought to want to be more than any place else? With God's people. You know, today, just right down the road, there, there, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people watching a car go around a track, make a left turn. And then they make another left turn. And you know what they're all down there for? Hoping there's a wreck. Saying in the heart, well, I hope this is a good wreck. There's no wreck. But deep down, everybody wants to see one. That's the only reason they're watching it. What's first and foremost in your heart? Somebody making left turns or Jesus Christ and his children? We ought to be kindly affectionate one to another, preferring one another. Paul went on, it amazes me, he swapped over there. He said, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. That it shouldn't just be here on Sundays. It ought to be every day of your life and everything you do. You ought to realize who you're representing in every aspect of your life. He even goes as far as to say, bless them that persecute you. 
Curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that do weep. How do you represent this king who's defending you? Now imagine this. You've got the father. You've got the accuser. But praise God, you got the advocate. The son of God steps in and says, hey, Steve is a hot mess, but I died for him. I gave my life for him. I shed every drop of my blood for the sins that he commits. And you know what? He asked me into his heart. He's not perfect by no means, but he's mine. You can't accuse him without accusing me. Father, he's mine. He's going to mess up, but he's mine. How do you represent somebody who would stand for the Lord and says, he's mine? How do you live your life for him? Have you ever considered your ways? Are you upright? Do you eschew evil, which means to get away from it, to flee it? not to do it. Does Paul's words to the church at Corinth echo your life where he says, wherefore see we have this ministry, we have received mercy and faint not. He said, God's gave us something to do and I hang on and I do it. He said, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's consciousness in the sight of That's what we ought to want. That's how we ought to act. Do we represent the king? Do, do we make every decision the Lord's? Listen to these verses and tell me if this is you. In the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, says, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. But you eat and you have not enough. And you drink and you're not filled with drink. You're clothed, but there are none that is warm. And he that earneth wages earneth to put in a bag full of holes. Is your life one that you just can't seem to get enough worldly things? Is that what your focus is? Child of God, let me ask you a question. What do you focus on? When you listen to what God said, consider your ways. Do you not seem to ever be able to reach what you want because you're reaching for the wrong thing? Have you thought about that, that we're not... We're not considering what we do. Samuel chapter 12 verse 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he has done for you. We ought to give him everything we got and everything that we have with everything of our life. When in the morning you wake up, put on the whole armor of God. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. Satan's going to try to distract you. You say, oh, he'll never do that to me. Look what he's done to the church in the short time period that there was. He took all of our minds off the Lord and put it on a virus when the church should have been praying. 
what were you doing? Now that we're able to come back to worship, what are you doing? How many of us are saying, Lord, you've got my whole heart, my whole mind, and my whole soul. I will do everything I can because you are Jesus Christ. The problem is we have become lukewarm in our walk. We have become distracted by the world. And we've given in to everything that Satan wants us to. Can God say, consider my servant? Or will Satan say, look at that one. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning. Father, right now, some people need to get that old helmet of salvation out and remember when they gave their heart to you. They need to put it on so they can focus on you. Father, before they can even put it on the breastplate of righteousness or any of the other armor, they need to remember who they are. They've become focused on the wrong things. They're complacent in their walk. Father, this morning I pray you would wake us up and shake us up that we might come closer to you. Lord, there's not a person here. There's not a person watching that is really where we need to be with you in our life. Lord, we might go to work. We might go home and have everything else on our mind and never think about you again until we come back here. Father, I pray right now that you'll help us to see you, that we'll come before you with singing, with praise, or whatever it takes to stay close to you. Father, some people just need to put down the remote and pick up the word. Some people need to quit looking at at and focus only on you they need to say the things they've been saying sing praises so father i pray right now in this auditorium start with me heavenly father lord and help us to do a house cleaning in our life to get rid of those things that shouldn't be there father i pray right now that we'll want to become before you with thanksgiving and praise that our life will be different so heavenly father start with me and lord everybody here heavenly father lord i pray you touch every heart lord don't let a person leave today without reminding them that you are god in their life heavenly watching that don't know you well they might have been in church their whole life but they've never truly given their heart to you don't let them leave before they do lord i pray this morning that i know there's people here that's not walking as they should draw them back to you lord some of them here just need a they've been going through a battle and they've taken their eyes off you and put it on the battle instead lord help to renew their focus of you have your way in this invitation in the lord's name i pray Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page 107. 107. As we sing, you listen to the Holy Spirit.
Thank you for coming today. I pray that before you leave, you know exactly where God wants you and that you consider the way he looks at you. I pray you have a blessed, wonderful week. A couple quick things I want to share with you. Come on Wednesday night. We're in the history of the churches. We're in the book of Revelation on chapter two. We're looking at one of the churches. We're looking at the history view of it and what God did with each one of them. So if you want to study that, come join us on Wednesday. We're doing that in Sunday school too, so please join us for that. Uh, also, if you do come by the church sometimes, got a key coming here, be sure you turn the lights off before you go home. Okay? Just just a quick note on that. Uh, anybody got anything, anything before we leave this morning? I pray and bless you that you have a wonderful week, that God's good to you. And I tell you, if you're good to God, he'll be good to you. Amen? Let me close with a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, Father, I pray that you just bless them here. Lord, there's some that are standing in need. Lord, they got things going on in their life. And Lord, I pray right now that you touch their lives. You give them what they stand in need of. Some of them need a, 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 some spiritual strength. Some of them need some physical strength. Lord, whatever it is that's happening, Father, I pray that, Lord, you help lead and guide them in that way. Father, I pray that you help put in our hearts the desire to consider our ways, Lord, that when I know that, Father, as you look down on us, Lord, you see us the truth. Lord, let us see us as you see us. Heavenly Father, Lord, have your way with us, Lord, and let us keep you in our first line of sight. Help us to put on the helmet of salvation each and every day. Thank you for those that are gathered here. Thank you for the children in the back. Lord, I ask you to bless us and be with us. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful day. Bye.